Chuck Davis. I was a partner in uh, EHDD, which stands for Escher, Comsey, Dodge, and Davis. And I'm the architect for this building. Hayden Davis, class of 2014 at UC Santa Cruz. I studied molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. And this building was where I studied for all my tests and, and shed some tears. Oh, and he is my father, and he designed this building, yes, <laughs> yes. That was a little fact that it was a little bit important that you well, remember. Well, you didn't just design this building, you designed the building that I lived in, too. In that's, right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, literally, uh, the buildings that I spent the most amount of time in here were spaces that were designed by my father. And what was that like for you? Weird at first, but, you know, it makes you appreciate his art. And, you know, as I, as I spent more time here, I just grew more openly bold in critiquing uh, all of his work. So, so, so there's that too. Affectionate in Oh, fully, fully affectionate, yeah. So uh, with that as a starting point, maybe you could talk about your original vision for the design of this library, Inside and Out. The first thing was that we had a great client. There was a librarian here for uh, since the beginning, Len Dyson. So it was a great client group. And but then, and the other thing that was most impressive about it was that we had an incredible site. And from the very beginning of the process, you know, whatever the programmatic requirements were, I was uh, bound and determined to save as many of the trees as I could. So we wound up only cutting down 11 trees on a heavily wooded site. So the issue of the trees really led to the kind of uh, configuration of the building because the building has this kind of step uh, profile that is, weaves in and out through the trees. And the other thing that was part of that was that we had done a small library at Stevenson way back when uh, it's a small freestanding building in Stevenson College, and that's the Library Performing uh, Center. And I had, you know, been over the years, I had been walking through the woods and I'd seen uh, what it meant to have uh, windows, large windows in the, in the forest and the fog and the light and everything. And that's why I, so I immediately thought about doing that kind of idea with the, the, the ziggurat. Uh, profile of the building um, and having large windows at the corners so that when you would sit in those corners that uh, you would look out into the trees and and see the light the light would be beautiful and uh, and at night it would be really special so those were all some of the early uh, ideas another idea early idea was to use the what's called a waffle slab two-way reinforced concrete slab which distributes the weight of the books and everything very evenly and so we designed the building so that the basement and the, the middle let's see basement and I think one other floor was designed at that time you know we were talking about compact shelving you know densifying the shelving so we could have a ton of books now the books are I don't know. I don't know if they're relevant or not, but they're relevant to me, but not to him. But, uh, uh, but anyway, that was another idea that we had. 
and mostly, you know, I wanted to make the library really a very comfortable place, a very quiet place. So <clears throat> the idea of the ceiling construction was to hide all the ductwork and all the electric infrastructure, et cetera. But by doing these coves throughout the building, you uh, take down the noise level a huge amount rather than just have this big flat plane of a uh, hung ceiling, so. So there's this consciousness of this idea of students spending a lot of time in here working hard. Absolutely. And creating a space for them yeah, to. Absolutely, absolutely. How did your father's design decisions affect your experience as a student studying hard and piles of textbooks in front of you? Well, I mean, certainly, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful building. I think that helps a lot. I, I definitely was the kind of person who always sat by the windows. I, I don't like if I have to study, if I have to, you know, call it a night and I have to cram into one of those cubicles all night. I don't want to just see my computer screen. You know, I want to be able to look up and look out into the forest and see and see those redwoods and and all that. And you know, for me, that that helped me stay sane when I was here until two in the morning. But you know, I think as a building, I think as a building ages, there there becomes things that that don't work as well. And I and I butted up against a lot of those too. Well, the interesting thing is this building was completed and open to the public in 1991, mm -hmm. correct? And it would be interesting to talk about some enormous changes with technology and communications that happened just a few years after. Well, we were talking about that on the way down. I mean, when we, when we did this building, there was, uh, you know, everybody was talking about stand, you know, uh, tower type computers. And that was sort of the state of the art. And then in the 90s came on the laptop rev revolution. And we never ever thought, uh, you know, we put computer outlets around the general floor space, but we never envisioned that everybody would have a laptop. And that he he's always told me that, you know, there were practically fistfights on the floors in finals time because everybody had not only a laptop but an iPad and a printer and this and that. Phone and charger. Yeah. yeah, phone chargers, everything. And and so you everybody would gang up and then they would bring plug strips and plug those into the wall and then there'd be a fight over the outlets on the plug strips. So, you know. And, and I think the funniest thing is you would notice that the tables, in, like on the bottom floor of the library, you notice the tables that didn't have outlets by them. People just didn't sit in them because they knew they knew they could sit there for an hour. But then by the end of that, you know, they're out of juice and you either got to leave or you got to enter the fist fight. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like kind of a pecking order, kind of like in a surf line. Yeah. Uh, I, I used to get here at nine in the morning knowing full and well that if I came here at one, that there would be zero outlets available and, you know, none of the good tables either. So how did you first broach this topic to your dad? Pretty bluntly. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, mean, I, would, I would ask him, I would say, you know, well, what do you think? And well, you know, Dad, it's a great building, you know, you can look out in the trees and all that, but, you know, it sucks as far as uh, computer outlets and, and, and electricity and power. And I, what do you mean? And then he would go on and I said, yeah, well, you know, we, we just didn't, we didn't see uh, that amount of computerization or miniaturization of the computer coming, so. I, like, I think, I think he used it as, a, as an interesting way of 
you know, feedback uh, because I, in a weird way, am like a client in this situation because I'm the I'm the person who's using the dorm that he designed or the library that he designed. So you know, any architect who has that kind of access to the people who are using his or her building, it is going to do so, and and I got it frequently. Yeah. <laughs> So when, when years? Well, I, I started work in December of 62, and I retired in January of uh, 14, January 14, 2014. But now they've brought you back. No, there's, I, I still go in and commits a little bit, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not active uh, because, you know, I've basically, you know, the, the group is younger and they've moved on. So when they brought back the firm, than to for design elements for this new oh yeah for the study yeah right yeah for the new for we actually did a visioning study for the whole library we worked with elizabeth and her group and uh yeah no i that was actually one of the last things that i i had to work on before i retired they're talking to me about this idea of making this into a collision space yeah uh there's you know I don't know about the words of, uh, that people use today. I mean, collision, you know, that has not so good kind of connotations for me. Yeah, what, what does that mean? Yeah, it's, it's heightening interaction. Interactive hub, educational yeah, right, hub. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Disciplines collide. Right. I mean, another word I don't like is disruption kind of thing. So, um, but... You know, that's a generational thing. And, well, I mean, uh, I, I always thought that that was something that this library lacked, that McHenry always had. McHenry, you go in on the ground floor and there's so much open collaboration with people and there's the cafe right there and there's there's people talking. And and then as you get into the other floors and the quiet floors, obviously you have your, your library for reflection. But the science library, always, as soon as you walked in, it was like walking into a funeral or something it's it was a very it was just uh, a very there, there's some feedback yeah well i mean it, it was just a, it was a it was a yeah, put, put that down in the quotes there the, the, the library felt like a funeral parlor it was a different it was a different vibe you, you would go to a different library depending on what you wanted yeah well i think to be fair to uh the building but also elizabeth and her group you know i think in the visioning exercise, we've conceived of a cafe on the bottom floor. And the other thing is that to really, uh, you know, like McHenry, to be able to have some amounts of food and obviously coffee, you know, allowed in the library, et cetera, which, you know, when we designed this library, it was like all the classical libraries. It was taboo, totally taboo. You couldn't have, couldn't even have water, water bottle or anything. So. You know, that's, that's how things have, have morphed and, and evolved. Amongst my people, it was considered like the serious library. Like if you really had to, if you really had to get down by yourself, study, get into your own space, people went to the science library. If you had collaborative stuff that you had to work on with a big group of people, you went to McHenry. I mean, one of the things though that we did do in this library, which I remember uh, we had all these collaborative rooms, the small collaborative spaces that were like for four or five people. And we had a, I think we had some, we had a whiteboard in there and and in, in UCSF at roughly the same time, we actually had x-ray readers in these rooms. Well, when we opened this library, 
within two days, all of the collaborative spaces were signed up totally for like weeks in advance. That is still the situation. Still the uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, the way the reservation system works is you have two, there are two weeks beforehand where they open up. Uh, for finals, I think it was two weeks when I went here, for finals, those all the collaborative study spaces, like the little study rooms, would be booked up two weeks in advance at midnight. Uh, yeah. it, it was intense. Yeah. And I think there was a discussion in the original design uh, sessions with Lynn. There was a lot of discussion about having more uh, of those kind of spaces. And so, you know, the decision was finally made, not, you know, the number that we have, but it was discussed because there was a feeling by Lynn and, and other people that they were going to be very heavily used. <clears throat> the other thing is because this is sort of jogging me a little bit, but because there was, uh, it was a science library, I mean, there was, there was definitely a feeling that this was where, you know, serious study took place and this is where you did come to book it. And, uh, you know, so part of the, part of the design strategy was to make the place really quiet. So I was very, uh, you know, the carpet was a heavy duty carpet the ceiling profile and all the acoustic tile and everything else like that. I mean, there was a lot of effort and thinking that went in about how to make this place really quiet. And so... Which is great. Which is slash funeral parlor in his, uh, in his uh, uh, lexicon, say, right? I was going to say, though, that that was designed before everybody had headphones. Well, of course. Like with the blue noise where you just block it all out? Yeah. Or people listening to music? And yeah. Just, just, shutting everything out. Exactly. I mean, like, uh, you know, for me, I could I could get into that, that solo study zone just because I could throw on headphones and then I can't hear anybody around me. So so I never needed the, the dead quiet space because I could make my own quiet space. But this was also, this was also an excuse to go to uh, Best Buy and buy the $250 Bose. Hey, you gotta have noise-canceling noise headphones. Headphones, you know, <laughs> that they're like about this big. <laughs> All these things you can't anticipate. Right, right, yeah. So what is it like for both of you to see this creation, this family creation, change, get reconfigured, get um, redesigned? I mean, change is an exorable in a university. So if you, if you're if you design university facilities and you're thinking that you're designing the memorial to uh, chuck davis or to anybody or anything like that you're in the wrong business <laughs> because the faculty mutates i mean there's changes the 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 concepts that elizabeth are talking about now are you know way different not hugely different but way different from what land and the group were at that point and that's inexorable. I mean, change is, that's just a university. I mean, you know, the, the thing I always thought, uh, and the reason why I like to work, uh, I did a lot of work. I worked on all 10 campuses of the university. And the reason why I really like to work for the university and the office still does is because, one, incredibly bright people, incredibly creative people, always always probing the edges and you know and you know if you said well this is the way we ought to do it whether well, at least 10 voices immediately say what what do you mean 
I mean, what's the evidence to support that statement? You know, I mean, and that's the, the sort of thing that I think is, is so important about the universities and why they need to be protected. On my side, to, to see the library change, it's exciting for me as a student. But a lot of the changes, like just walking in here to the science library today, two years after I graduated, it's already very different and it's already different in a way that I, I like. There's more people sitting on this ground floor today in the middle of summer than there would be on a typical school day in the middle of the year when I was here. Obviously finals time, it, it blows up. But there's a lot of people here today and it's summer. You know, there's people out there sitting together who are shoulder to shoulder working in, in spaces that didn't exist two years ago when I was here. I think one of the things that he always he always told me about designing a university building is that you're designing the bones. The, the, the inside of it is going to change all the time as technology advances, as the need for, for some things disappears and others arises. Uh, it's going to change, but the, the, outside, uh, the outside of this beautiful building, is that's the part that won't change. Those views into the forest. I preferred to come here all the time when I went to the school over McHenry because of what the building is. Not because my dad designed it or any of that. I could I could sit there next to the window, uh, it, you know, feel like I'm a part of this science community. Constantly seeing people walking from lab to lab, carrying books like out in this courtyard, and it just was uh, for me. It was just this this building and the people that it brought together in this community on Science Hill that it brought together, that to me is, is what I loved about this building. And I, and I think that uh, that, was, that was definitely one of the goals of the faculty in Land Dyson at the time as the library was, was seen as being the core of the science, science quad you know, kind of thing. And it, was, uh, it did bring a huge amount of unity to the faculty that was working and researching here on the hill, and so I was very, I was very proud of that. I think it's a, I think it's a, a, an essential building for Science Hill. I would say it's almost, it's almost the, the building that brings Science Hill together because science, I mean, Science Hill has everything. You know, you have chemists, you have chemists, you have biologists, physicists, uh, engineers coming over from Baskin. It's, it's such a, it's such a interesting space where I can be sitting at one table studying biology, the people behind me are studying hardcore physics, and the people right next to me are studying computer engineering. And I just thought it was such a, it was such a great intellectual space, and, and I loved that.